Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan says CEOs here in the U.S. and overseas appear to be excited about the new tax overhaul in the U.S. He told Yahoo Finance Editor-in-Chief Andy Serwer that he was surprised by the enthusiasm from foreign CEOs. He also talks about the challenges of cyber security, Bitcoin, blockchain, and where he sees Bank of America fitting into the cryptocurrency craze. I'm here with Brian Moynihan, Chief Executive Officer of Bank of America. Brian, great to see you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So we're here in Davos. It's the, beautiful, it's out, beautiful there, out here. Yeah, it is. Uh, Trump, there's a helicopter maybe coming in yeah. with some of the Trump delegation, which is coming here to sell American policy, talk about uh, the new tax law and the opportunities in the United States. What are you hearing from CEOs that you're talking to here about what the Trump administration is doing? So it's interesting. There's a, on the tax change in the United States, you've heard from a lot of American companies, so that's sort of the, what was interesting from international companies who already thought the U.S. was being very attractive because the talent because the rule of law and the understanding that if you have an energy-related energy production requirement, the raw materials and the energy are right there and, and, and well-priced. They're saying, hey, this taxing now adds another major benefit that I'm coming with more production from a foreign company who had a plant, I'm going to expand in the United States because you already had the final demand, and now they can actually have a lower tax rate. So they don't feel they have to do it outside and then try to bring it in through you know, the myriad of tariffs and stuff. So I think there's a, an added level of enthusiasm that, frankly, I hadn't really thought through versus the American companies, which is understandable. We needed a, we needed a competitive tax rate. We needed a territorial system because it, our tax code didn't work for corporations that way. And this accomplished that. I was surprised by the international CEOs being so enthusiastic about the tax code change. Interesting, really hearing that they're thinking about expanding yeah. their businesses yeah. there. And what about the new tax law for Bank of America? Positive? Yeah, so we took an upfront charge of... Uh, uh, about three, uh, 2.9 billion at the end of the quarter because we had losses from the financial crisis that we're still, you know, using. But uh, that's all behind us now. But uh, uh, and then going forward, it'll drop our tax rate from uh, high 20s to low 20s. Um, we, we're a big tax payer. We've been one of the larger taxpayers in America for a long time, so we're getting a partial benefit back. We still pay a lot of taxes, and we'll continue to do so. Brian, the markets on a near high, economy firing on all cylinders. Are, are things too good out there? Are you concerned about the fact that markets are high and the economy is doing so well? Well, as a CEO of a large financial services firm um, and my team, we always have to think about what's, you know, what's going to hit us in the face next and what's going to go wrong because that's how you have, to, you have to drive the company to do the great strategic things to do, but you have to watch about risk. So everything you could come up with from, you know, that people would say from geopolitical conflict to um, trade wars to, you know, inflation getting out of hand, the uh, central bank unwind, we, we think about all those. But it's been interesting that despite all of the things that have gone on the market, think about over the last few years, we had Brexit, we had elections in many places, we had uncertainty around elections in the United States, we had uncertainty around elections in Germany, we had a change in Italy, we had a change in France. And you think about all that, the markets pretty well said, you know what, the companies are performing well, the consumers are spending, the economies are growing, and you know what, the policies, as long as they don't derail that, it'll push through and it's been pretty remarkable. And I think that that will continue. Our, our research team, which is one of the best in the business, if not the best, is constructive on the markets for the year. I think unemployment gets down to 3.7% in the U.S. at the end of the year. Those numbers are historically unprecedented. 
And then when you think about new claims for unemployment, the raw numbers, you know, seem like we've seen them before, but you've got to remember since the last time we saw them, the workforce is 30 to 40% bigger. It, 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 it is very strong. It's good times. Yeah. Um, you mentioned trade policies, though, and that seems to be something that's kind of bubbling to the surface with the president right now. Does that concern you at all? Well, I think as all, we're all global companies are here by definition. That's why you're here. Uh, we have a lot of global clients, and they, they really you know, want trade. Uh, trade. We're global companies. We, there's final demand around the world. That's the nice thing about you know, middle classes developing in, in Brazil or China and in India. And you hear Prime Minister Modi talk about 500 million people becoming consumers. Successful companies want to access that demand. And so you want, and it, then you, the second thing is you want to be able to bring products to that faster by where you're already producing them or where you can find it more efficient. So trade is critically important. I think everybody understands that. The question is, you know, and you've heard the administration talk about fairness and a level playing field in the United States, and they're going to argue about all that. But I think in the end of the day, the corporate community is behind, you know, believes in trade, but we also understand some of the debates about whether it's the perfect thing and the fairness and stuff, and everybody has their own issue. But the reality is, is I think global, the global trade is just a, a requirement at this point. Isn't it? You can't reverse history now. Brian, are we finally in a rising interest rate environment, and does that concern you? Um, if it's for the right reasons, it doesn't concern me. You know, often it's said that you know, banks benefit by rising interest rate. You've got to think of what's driving it. So if, it's, if it's a better economy, that benefits our company. And the low rate structure hurt the company because we, we have you know, floors on what we can receive an in interest in. Uh, or pay an interest in deposits, and, and so impliedly you'd be below those, below zero. Um, so it, it helps us to technically, mathematically, but it's really why it's happening. If it's happening because there's been a spike, in, an unanticipated spike in inflation, or the unwind of the, uh, the Fed balance sheet, which they're administering very carefully and been very transparent about, doesn't work, that's not good. If it's because the economy is stronger, that's a good thing for not only us, but it's really good for everybody because it means the economy is growing, and we used to have the economy for 2018 about high twos, 2.7, 2.8% with some upside risk, they call it, but it's upside from there, they think, and you know, as you look at it, so that means the rate structure will be back up, and that's where it should be. I have to ask you about Bitcoin. Sure. Um, you guys said you were backing off that business. Why is that, and would you ever get back in? I, th I think there's, there's two or three different points there. One is the blockchain technology. We have more patents, I think, than almost anybody in blockchain. We believe in the idea of distributed ledgers and, and uh, uh, smart contracts and all the words you hear about that. We are developing stuff. We have p stuff working on it already, but it's not new concepts. The registry of motor vehicles is a distributed ledger, right? We don't know who owns a car. We know who owns a house. The idea is you can do it much more you know, electronically, and you can also do it across border. And so those are very important things. The second is digital movement of money. Through our wire system today, on ones and zeros, you'll see I don't know, tons of billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars move. Our consumers, half the money they move is digital today. Without, you know, we're just pushing stuff. So the, that's not new. The question of an anonymous currency, that's a policy question that people have to answer. But the idea of digital movement of money and blockchain, we're all for. And then the speculative side is what we actually said. You know what? We can't get in the middle of this because we don't trade it, we don't have anything to do with it, because that's really up to people to make their decision, and we're not going to participate in that. Bank of America um, serves high-end customers. Is it also doing a good job serving um, lower-income Americans? Well, we have, we have 50 million households in America we serve, uh, so that's roughly one in two. We have 35 million checking holders. 
you know, that's a substantial part of it. And our view is we serve all kinds of uh, communities, all kinds of areas. We have our community banking center, uh, center practice that goes into the, the, the communities, and we create call centers in those branches to help employ people. So we, we think of ourselves, we're really only successful as the communities we serve, and that's all the people in the communities, from small business to large businesses, from mass market consumers or general consumers, low-income consumers, all the way up to the wealthiest consumers. And so just to give you an example, you know, 25, 30, 35%, depending on the quarter of our mortgage loans are low and moderate income. On top of that, we have billions of dollars we do investing in uh, LMI projects, multifamily and stuff in communities. So we're, we, we play in all segments because we are Bank of America. And so now the way we think about it is we want to be the primary relationship bank for that household. And if people can give us their you know, paycheck uh, or their benefit distribution, we can then provide them this wonderful set of services, and that's how we try to drive it. That's the difference than past. We just sold accounts 20 years ago, 15 years ago. We changed that a long time ago, and, and so we really concentrate on serving the customer and helping them live their financial lives and do it through a primary relationship with them. That's what we're after. Quick last question. You had a pretty good run over the past 12 months. You looking for that to continue? Uh, it, absolutely. It, absolutely. The team's done a great job. I got 200,000 teammates, and uh, they do a great job every day. Our customers and clients have been supportive, and we expect that to, to continue to improve. Brian Moynihan, Chief Executive of Bank America, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks for being here. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin recently accompanied President Trump to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, to let the world know that America is open for business. Mnuchin spoke with Yahoo Finance's editor-in-chief Andy Serwer about what steps America is taking to be more competitive on the world stage. He also said that people have misinterpreted his recent comments about a weak U.S. dollar being good for the U.S. economy. Andy Serwer also asked the Treasury Secretary where he thinks the stock market would be right now if Trump were not president. Here's that interview. We're here with Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and um, just out of the speech with uh, President Trump, but I want to ask you about GDP because that just came out subsequent to the speech, 2.6% for the fourth quarter, a little bit less than what you were looking for. When are we going to get to that 3% benchmark, Secretary Mnuchin? Well, first of all, it's great to be here with you. Great to be in Davos and have the president here. Um, in regards to GDP, you know, we, what we've said consistently is we're focused on 3% or higher sustained GDP. So any one quarter, there's going to be movements up and down in any one quarter. We're not particularly concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think we were in the beginning of the year, you know, people were laughing when we said 3%. People were expecting 2%. Everybody now expects we're going to get to the 3% level. So, you know, uh, this is not about any one quarter. The president talked a lot about trade in his speech, uh, talking about companies playing, uh, com countries, I should say, playing by the rules. What leverage does the administration have other than a trade war? Well, I don't think this is about trade wars. I mean, first of all, we've been had very, very good discussions. We're renegotiating trade agreements. So I think, as you know, NAFTA is a very old agreement. We're in the process of renegotiating that. We're renegotiating some of our other agreements. And we've had very specific conversations with other countries. I had a great meeting with the Chinese this week. Uh, I, I think they understand and agree with the desire to get the trade deficit down. So we'll be working closely. And, and if people don't pursue those things, we'll go forward with trade violations. So this isn't about trade wars. This is about where there are issues, we'll enforce them. The president talked about the stock market being up 50 percent during his tenure, and then he said the stock market would be down 50 percent if Hillary Clinton had been elected. What's your response to that? Is that the case, do you think? 
Well, I think you know people have misinterpreted some of my comments about the dollar this week. And I was very clear I'm not making comments about where the dollar is in the short term. I'm not going to make comments about where the stock market would be. But uh, I respect what the president said. Um, infrastructure, that's on the plate, it sounds like, next. What is the timetable there, Mr. Secretary? Quickly, we're going to announce that in the near future. We're going to be working with Congress on that. We'll need legislation. But that's been a big priority of the president, and we look forward to it. But this has been a great trip here with the president. We've had our largest delegation ever from the United States. We have a great story to tell. Uh, we're open for business. We want people to do business here. The new tax plan uh, makes it Great. And, you know, we've had been meeting with lots of companies who are going to invest literally billions of dollars in the U.S. in plant and equipment and jobs. Last quick question. What has been the response from the international community with regard to the tax cut? Um, I think people have been very supportive and people completely understand the change from a international worldwide system to a territorial system not only makes sense for us and our our companies, but make sense for how they're going to tax people. So I think we've had very good response. I think some of those countries with high tax rates uh, may need to reconsider things themselves. Cisco Systems CEO Chuck Robbins is a big fan of the recent Trump tax overhaul. While at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, Robbins told Yahoo Finance's editor-in-chief Andy Serwer and anchor Jen Rogers that repatriation of foreign earnings is the most important part of the newly passed tax reform. Cisco has one of the biggest hordes of overseas cash, about $67.5 billion. So let's talk about the mood here and what people are talking about, a lot of optimism. What are you hearing from world leaders and executives about the business environment, particularly as it relates to tech? Yeah, well, clearly there's a, there's a great deal of optimism based on what's happening in the global economy right now. Uh, and uh, so everybody feels good. It's probably the, uh, the most optimistic from that perspective in all the years that I've been coming here. I would say that... Uh, but we also realize with the theme here that uh, there's, there, are still, there are lots of issues in the world. And uh, I think what, what's not necessarily being reported a lot but is being discussed a great deal is what's the business community and the tech community's responsibility and what are we going to do and what are we doing now to try to actually help bridge that. If you think about what's going on in our business with the technology world, I mean, technology is permeating everything. It's absolutely permeating every job, every industry around the world. It's here. And three or four years ago at Davos, we were, t we were trying to convince people that this IoT thing and then the, the fourth industrial revolution was real. It's real. And uh, now everyone's talking about what does it mean to my business? How am I adapting? What am I doing? And also what, what are the implications on society and how do we work to actually make sure people have skills, et cetera? It's funny how quickly the pendulum can yeah. shift from you having to come here three years ago and try and convince people to now, I don't know if you feel it, but I also sense a little bit of a backlash against tech. We've certainly had that in the U.S. Uh, since the election against big tech. And I'm not just talking about like the fake news stuff, but even uh, on the panel about when is the next financial crisis, one of the things that came up was, oh, I think it's going to be technology that causes the next big financial crisis. Do you sense that at all? No, look, I think that... Um in, in our space, techno technology is fundamentally changing everything in the world today. And that creates opportunity and it creates challenges. And what I would suggest is that the good news is, is that we're talking about both. And uh, we're, not, we're not ignoring the challenges, uh, but we're also focused on the opportunities. And so, 
if you look at what, what I believe is really important is to, once we acknowledge that the technology's here, we should be thinking about how do we leverage technology to provide access to opportunity to people all around the world? And how do we, how do we build partnerships in ways that we never have before? And I mean, we're talking that we're building partnerships with car manufacturers, we're building partnerships with countries on how do you leverage this technology and how do you leverage technology to deal with the changes in your economy and how the economy is going to shift going forward. And, and then on top of all that, there's obviously a lot of discussion around cyber. So I think the good news is that we're focused both on the opportunity and then some of the challenges that may be presented and we're actually trying to take action to, uh, to deal with both sides of that. All right, Chuck, the, the tax reform bill is going to be helping American businesses, yeah. um, Cisco included, of course. What is your thinking on that, and how are you going to put that money to work? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, we're, we're very pleased to see tax reform uh, get passed, and I was, it was impressive how rapidly it got passed, which provides some optimism for me on how soon we could potentially get past some of the other challenges that we face right now. But I think in the context for us, repatriation was the most important portion of it. And uh, we've been very public about how we're going to utilize those funds. We have earnings coming up in a couple of weeks where we're going to talk more about it. But, you know, we'll continue executing against our capital return strategy. We'll continue looking at strategic M&A. We're going to look at investments in R&D. We're going to look at investments in our people. Uh, and uh, there are lots of other things that we're considering right now. We're going to probably talk more about that in a couple of weeks. Given where you sit, you always have a good uh, sense on how business is doing. And so what are you hearing from your customers right now in terms of trends and spending and what they're thinking? Well, so we're in the last week of our quarter. So whatever I say here is more reflective of what I hear in yeah. Davos and what I hear Understood. from people. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's the same optimism that we see out there. Tax reform has created a sense of optimism in the United States. Obviously, we've seen over the past few quarters, Europe has shown strength that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, there's been good strength in, in various places around the world, including parts of Asia. I think that uh, what you generally sense here is that the consistency of the economic opportunity, although there are still places where people aren't feeling it, don't get me wrong, but the consistency at a macro level of the, the growth opportunity and the optimism is probably better than it has been in a long time. Quick last question, Chuck. Um, President Trump seems to be amping up a trade war uh, with China and other Asian nations. Is this something that would benefit Cisco? You compete against Huawei and other Chinese and Asian uh, companies. Well, first of all, I, I am the eternal optimist, and I think despite what we hear in the short term, I think that we'll get to a place that works for everyone. And uh, this is, look, we have, a, we have a great business in China, and we operate in both environments. And, you know, our desire and my belief is that, uh, that this thing's going to settle down over the next period of time and that uh, we will we'll get to an environment where all countries can actually take advantage of the economic expansion that we're seeing right now. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. <laughs>